0: Kia ora and welcome to Kotamutamu Tamu Waitangi Takeaways, Stuff's Summary of today's All from Waitangi. I'm Todapa, Te o Māori Advisor and Te Reo Māori Translator at Stuff. I'm joined by Senior Potiaki Reporter Joel Maxwell. Kia ora Joel.
1: Uh, kia ora. He mahana kia koutou e mai ana. Kia ora. We're on the ground in beautiful
0: Waitangi and we've been out and about all day. Over the next 15 to 20 minutes, we'll analyse the key talking points and explain what they mean for Te Māori.
1: Are you ready, Joel? OK, te re, te aho, e I'm ready to go.
0: Awesome. Let's go. Kia ora koutou katoa. Kia ora, Joel. Kia ora, e hoa. We are sitting in a grove of trees today next to the Treaty of Waitangi grounds, surrounded by some more cicadas uh, and some wonderful manu here uh, in Waitangi today. Uh, now we had the parliamentary paohitty
1: this morning, and how do you reckon that went at the start, Joel? Well, it's been it's been a busy old morning, and I haven't had a chance yet to have a coffee um, at all today. So it's a bit of cruel and unusual punishment for me. Apologies ahead of time if I'm a bit slow. Um, but speaking of cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, a certain speaker for the Tangata side, uh, Mr Shane Jones, was delivering a bit of it himself today to his former colleagues. He was,
0: yes. We had up on the Tomata on the parimata side, we had a whole range of MPs. Obviously, we had, you know, the Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins. We also had Leader of, of the Opposition, uh, Christopher Luxon, uh, and a few other notables there, but in particular was David Seymour. Uh, and Shane Jones did throw a little bit of cord at all his way,
1: didn't he? Yes, it was a bit of it was a very generosity of spirit from Shane Jones and sharing some of his mātauranga some of his knowledge of uh, whakapapa. So essentially he stood up from what I could see and and, and delivered to David Seymour who I, I, to put it politely people might be surprised has whakapapa Māori, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, and Ngāpuhi, I think my understanding. Mm. Shane Jones stood up and and gave him his fucker
0: He delivered it in front of everybody. Yes. He went right back as far as he could and he listed every single generation and lined it all the way down to David Seymour right in front of him. Yes. And then if that wasn't a power move enough, he then said, "I suggest
1: you consult your fucker and please live up to it." Yes. I mean to some you could and it's what I love about speaking Speaking at Porphyry lights, the five the quarter. There's so many layers to this. At the very, at the most superficial level, level, it's oh, here's an uncle giving you your fucker papa, telling you your your ancestors. But once you start digging underneath, there's a there's it's a dig. It's David Seymour, mm. and it cuts quite deep. I would imagine if you're David Seymour, being lectured on your own fucker papa with the with that sort of associated implication that you don't really know it.
0: Do you think that it was a bit of a a situation where he lulled him into a false sense of security at the start and you you might think oh this is a very wholesome thing he's listing fucker papa." nice he's paying homage to those <laughs> then he just goes and throws this little challenge down it's like maybe you're not quite worthy of the papa that i've just listed yeah
1: i think it was and obviously they're the used to the cut and thrust of um of parliament but there's something different about this there's something deeply personal mm. and um i think for david seymour I think he, if I was him, I'd be feeling a, I'd, you know, I'd be feeling a little bit slighted. I'd be feeling a little bit angry, mm-hmm. and maybe I'd be feeling a little bit bad if I didn't know that fucker myself. Yeah, potentially.
0: Um, but we won't dwell on that too much no, longer. We've got,
1: we've got more, see more content. Coming we have up.
0: a few more things to talk about, don't we? Yeah. Um, not too many other kōrero or uh, challenges thrown down by the, the tangata whenua. Yeah. Um, so afterwards, we actually started off with our tangata, our manuhiri. And Rāwiri Waititi yes. opened
1: up for us. He's the uh, co-leader of the Māori Party, of Te Paati Māori. Uh, he is
0: also the MP for Te Waiariki. Mm. And Rāwiri Waititi spoke completely, in Te Reo Māori obviously goes without saying that he was going to do that. Um, and he had a l- nice little wholesome kōrero at the start. He said, kia kaha ki te raru i te mm. uh, And he was talking metaphorically, of course, about uh, Te pare Pāremata in this case. Um, he was a kanohi, he was a, a representative, he was speaking on behalf of um, obviously Te Pāti Māori but Te Whare pare Mata, the parliament in general mm. and he was actually encouraging the Tangata Whenua and Māori in general yeah. to continue to fight their cause and to, to throw these raruraru at parliament
1: yeah, I mean, it's all part of a fine line that he walks, that the, the, the Party Māori walks as well, that they're in this institution, this huge symbolic institution uh, for something that they fight against all the time, colonialism. Mm. They're inside it, um, so he's got to walk that line in which he's encouraging Māori outside it to give it a bit of stick whilst he's in there. You know, And that's the challenge for the Māori Party to actually achieve stuff through the mechanisms of colonisation as they would see it. Mm. so that, I, I thought that was fascinating and, and good on him I mean yeah everybody should give a little bit of polite stick a bit yeah. of raru to uh, to the politicians that's
0: right and I think it was it was definitely apt that he was opening up the corridor the on that side of the tomata um, he, he did tukumihi, he did acknowledge uh, you know titefai, uh, and all the the other mate who, who had passed in the in the past year um, and he even saw a familiar face on the on the tomata across from him one of his kōrō. And he, he said, uh, he said to him, uh, And then he went on to clarify, so I think we should probably leave that one untranslated. <laughs> I'm not going to um, translate that. But there were quite a few laughs. I was, that I was
1: shocked that and disturbed by that. <laughs> Perhaps
0: Waitangi was not the place to mention that. But everyone had a good laugh. In, in front that. of the That's eyes of the nation, that that
1: yes. <laughs> um, um,
0: but after Dawidi after sat down, who did we have stand up next?
1: Oh, actually, before we go on, there's a part of his um, korduro that lost me, and, and that's because the level of my and that, and, and it's part of fai korduro, the speaking for the porphyry that I love that I haven't quite grasped yet, which is this rich metaphorical language that's used. Mm. And he used that, didn't he? Because I got a bit lost. Are you talking about
0: the nummu, the punga, where were, and the tuna? Aye. Yeah, it's a complicated metaphor that he was using, wasn't it? Yeah. Very much an, an extended metaphor. Um, I spoke to him afterwards, actually, to clarify it, because I was a bit confused myself. I, mm. I thought I followed most of it. Um, but essentially, what he's talking about is we've got these three characters in, the, in this corridor that he has. We've got the namu, uh, which can be seen as the mosquitoes, the punga which is the spider, and the tuna, uh, which is our, our eel, our freshwater eel. Yeah. And the namu um, are, are really the people, the, the kōrero from Te or Waitangi, um, and all the raru all the all the little challenges that yeah. we've got he mentioned that the punga is a metaphor for the crown and the punga eat the namu yeah. so they're actually eating all of the the raru raru here that are lapping up all the cord all yeah but that's still a problem punga can still be a problem and he mentioned to me that the only way to get rid of the punga in this instance is to find the tuna be the tuna because the tuna koyate Tika, hmm. e te iwi. That's the pathway to everything working well for us. Yeah.
1: Um, Which is beautiful, and it's beautiful to hear it in Te Reo Māori. So
0: I can't do it justice in English. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you have
1: to have it in Te Reo Māori
0: in order to to understand the depth of it. Um, and that's what's beautiful about listening to Fai Koredo
1: in Te Reo Māori, isn't it? And that, I mean, we, we might not go into it yet, but that is a key part of one of the things that came out of this porphyry today, was that stark difference between the two languages and the use of one other language on on, on the mm. tomata.
0: Well, after Rāwiri, we had David Seymour stand up. Yeah. Um, and he did have some cue cards with him. But I thought it was amazing that he was actually able to speak completely in te reo Māori. Yeah. Yeah. he He did play it pretty safe he didn't cause any controversy he didn't bring up any uh controversial co-pupper, didn't throw down any weddle. um so he did play it safe in that respect but we do have to we do have to mihi to, to david seymour for having spoken completely in te reo maori
1: don't you reckon yes this brings on so many complicated feelings within me toed <laughs> you up know, whilst you know i, I as a journalist, I'm always, if I'm doing news, I, you know, balance, find balance in all the stories. But I've, I've always I've doubted ACT's commitment to things Māori. But here is this guy who gets up, you know, and puts the likes of Christopher Luxon and, and Chris Hipkins to shame, who followed what I understand were the instructions or, or the hopes, or you know, put out by um, the Waitangi National Trust for the speakers there today, in which... He he guts out speaking, giving his quid. Uh, te katoa o Taranaki reo Māori. He did everything in in te reo Māori Obviously, it was off you know cue cards, but I could see him fighting to get it out, and that was fantastic. And yeah, the content itself, like you say, I mean, he ended with something like kia fuck away here, uh, nga Ngatanga to mm. or Te Fenua. Te Don't we, you know? He doesn't want us to be split around this thing called, called um, Te triti but. He said nice, generalized stuff in his speech, but um, but uh, the key for me, he didn't go to how they want to achieve these things. He and did that's... list,
0: yeah, he did list a few goals um, yeah. that the uh, that the ACT Party want to follow, want to, to want to persevere with. Yeah, um, he said kia whaka, mai tia te reo, let Let's revitalize, let's um, reinvigorate te reo Māori and um, Māori culture. Um, and he said ka hoki hapa let's correct the mistakes of the past and with ACT's history i'm not too sure how committed they may be <laughs> To those promises um well, only time will tell
1: they're committed to that but i think that the devil is in the detail and it's the how they achieve that mm. which really separates them from a lot of other people there the way they want to achieve these things probably isn't what how we would see it being done and that's yeah. that's the big difference i mean it's we all want nice things for everybody it's how we do it uh, that is important i think acts might clash with tell maori they might do they might do but full full ups to him he's like you know, despite getting a complete slap down from Uncle Shane at the st- at the start, he came back and, but although, the, just while I remember too, there was a little glitch at the end with the um, with the waiata, wasn't
0: there? It was a little bit awkward uh, after he finished orcs. his court at all. Uh, nobody stood up to do a little waiata tautoko for him, so somebody walked over from the maho to start it, and she got sat down by somebody else, <laughs> and he continued almost sans waiata he didn't have one in the end really i wouldn't call it a waiata um and it, some of the El maori was a little bit brittle according to winston peters That El maori was a little bit brittle uh and fun fact our kupu o tera our word of the day and te maori for brittle more fucky.
1: Excellent, that's a kupuho. that's a new word for me and uh, yes just what in your opinion Taurapa if nobody stands to tautoko you for the waiata is that what does that mean? What does that say about you? Almost shows that
0: there isn't too much mana in your all, mm. is there? There's nothing wrong with starting a waiata yourself. We saw that with Rawidi. Yep. Rawiri started his own one, and there was lots of mana in his Yeah, I think it's always really good to be prepared and organise these things before you get on the marae. Yes. This is not something to be sorted out in the moment, though. Yep. But we can't dwell on that too much, no. because we have other all as well. We had Chris Luxon after him, and he started in Te Reo Māori. It sounded pretty fluid to me. Yeah, He was reading off his cue cards, um, but then... 30 seconds later, moved into Te Reo Pākehā.
1: Yeah, I mean, putting aside the content of Nationals' policy, uh, what they want to achieve, just looking at this purely as a Māori person uh, watching a porphyry. I mean, here's a question for you, Rapa. What is this thing, the Porphyry? What is it? Well, it's
0: really an opportunity. And
1: before before Pākehā turned
0: up, the whole purpose of, of a pōhiri was to decide whether the people coming onto your marae, onto your kainga, your fenua, were enemy or not. Yeah. And so the idea of a pohiri is to set down some korero so that the tangata whenua can decide for themselves whether the people who are coming on are going to be friendly or not.
1: Yeah. So essentially it's a way of, of making or, I mean, moving, it's connecting, isn't it? They would often discuss, you know, familiar connections. Uh, and yeah, so, and take it from there, it's just, it seems like uh, Christopher Luxon's all uh, really didn't fulfil much in the way of, of what you would expect from a at all.
0: No, no, I don't think so. He did focus quite a lot on business all. There was a lot of talk about inflation, <laughs> um, cost of living, um, all those sorts of crises which are affecting everybody, uh, and he did mention how you know, it, it is affecting Māori, and if we actually sit down and ask Māori what they want, he said that a lot of what they're saying or the at he is hearing is pretty much what New Zealanders want generally. Um, I think perhaps there are a few more things that Māori want that the general population don't want, uh, but Mr. Luxon did not quite touch on those in his court at all. Yeah,
1: getting, without getting into the content of it, I think the spirit of it just didn't match for me, didn't mesh with the spirit of a porphyry. And you know he could have zoomed that in. He could have zoomed in a speech from Wellington. You know, for, for all of the for all of the mana and the dig, and, you know, and the dignity that he brought to that role. He just wasn't in the spirit of it, and, and it gives me a little bit of pause about that.
0: His speech could have happened at any place. Yes. It? it wasn't yes. Waitangi specific. Yeah. He could have put this speech on anywhere, yep. and it would have still worked. So in that respect, perhaps it wasn't tailored specifically enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it just didn't flow with the spirit of the day, you know, which was really disappointing to me given that, you know, he's had a bit of time now to start getting prepped. We would hope that all, as we've mentioned previously, they should all be learning Te Reo Māori. They
0: should be learning, yeah.
1: Yeah, and even a short speech isn't beyond them now.
0: And that's what I think was really great about David Seymour's, um, even though it was short, completely in Te Reo Māori, has a lot of mana in that respect. Yeah. Um, And people don't want to come along to Waitangi. To hear the politics, ne? that's what Rawiri said, yeah. that was his kōrero, let's not talk about politics, let's talk about the prophets. Yes. And he, he, that's where his extended metaphor came out of, talking about the prophets and all those all those things about how Tao Māori used to work and how we should follow those in order to actually make Tao Māori work again the way it should.
1: Yeah and I mean this event, events like this Porphyry obviously favour the likes of Rawiri in a sense and that he's Totally familiar with him. So bro. comfortable, isn't yeah. he? When he yeah. gets
0: up there, he knows exactly how to play the room, how to make everybody you know, fall onto his side. Yeah. He knows the things to say.
1: But also, everybody loves a try it, and there's a lot of respect to be gained if you get up there and give it a shot.
0: Absolutely, even if it is difficult to understand that all that might be spoken uh, because it might be a bit uh, disjointed at times. Yeah. Have and I said that though, Chris Hipkins did stand. And he, he delivered a bit of Real Māori as well from his cue cards. Yeah. Um, compared to Luxon, I don't think he had as much time to prepare for it. Um, he wasn't, as as far as I gather, he wasn't expecting to stand at Waitangi. And so he was sort of thrown in the deep end a little bit, don't you think?
1: Yeah, so we were talking about this yesterday. There has been this old rigmarole, the raru over... Um, what was requested of the speakers for the money for the people coming on, and there was talk that the, the leader shouldn't stand, that it should be left to a minister. There was an encouragement, I, I think, for them to speak in Te Reo Māori, for starters. Um, but that
0: Tāno mentioned as well. He said Kiau ki Te Reo Māori. Yeah, that's
1: Tāno Tuiotu, who spoke for the Greens, of course. Mm-hmm. He, he he followed the
0: rules. He followed that. He spoke <laughs> completely in Te Reo Māori, and he wasn't a leader. Yes. He left James Shaw to sit down on the tomatā. Yeah. And he he filled that. That position. He gave
1: a solemn enough speech too. It's always nice to hear somebody get up and speak real he spoke about the the natural world, you know, the environment. That's what the Greens are always so passionate about though, yeah. isn't it? By getting back to Hipkins' court at all. Yes. Well, you know, obviously he we were saying yesterday that he would have been it was a good problem for him to have in the sense that he wouldn't have to take the he wouldn't have to go to the Tomat, he could hand off the duties to somebody like peony here mm-hmm. and and he wouldn't have to learn a speech or learn reo maori or come under the wet or the challenge speaking in that environment
0: yeah and although peony did introduce him he stood up and introduced uh, the prime minister he didn't take the whole court at all. he did provide actually some some space to te hopenui as he was known by the 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 Tangata Whenua, uh, Prime Minister Hipkins got a new name today, Te Ho Penui, the Big Hips, um, <laughs> which got, got a few chuckles as well.
1: I don't know, he looks pretty slim to me. He's a he's a, he's a, he's a slim guy.
0: He is. Um, slim though, flat. The kōrata was also a bit flat, wasn't it? Yeah. Very I mean, safe. Played it very safe.
1: And, you know, it was a it was a case of, uh, this is what I love about politics and porphyry and things like this. Obviously, previously, uh, Chris Hipkins had, had stood down, he didn't think he was going to have to get up and speak. But then Christopher Luxon came in and said he was going to get up and speak. So obviously, you know, it became a, a game of the real Māori chicken. One didn't want to swerve out of the way. So Chris Hipkins had to get up and speak as well and sort of did this... Like you say, slightly flat sort of speech as well in Te Reo Pākehā for the most of it. It was,
0: yeah. There, there was, you know, a, quite a bit of pāuritanga uh, from some of the Matua because... Uh, so the Poditanga, the sadness um, from the Kōmātua because of that Reo Pākehā being spoken and, and Pita Tipine actually said, you know, me oke te tangata ka kōrero I te reo Māori um, me uki te kaupapa, saying people need to stick to the kaupapa, they need to follow the rules essentially, and they need to strive and persevere in order to speak in te reo Māori, and they didn't all do that.
1: I know, if we, if we don't see that example set by our leaders, the people leading the country, then then what encouragement is there for the rest of us to learn, and I think that's one of the most important things, one of the most important takeaways that Kai have taken out of this um, Pōwhiri today, is, is that we need better examples of people making the effort to learn one of our official languages. It's a beautiful language, te reo Māori, te reo rangatira.
0: That's right, yeah, we have taken quite a bit of kai away from today's kōrero, and kwa ki te pātaka, our pantry is full now, yeah. with some tāmu for our kaifakarongo i tēnei rā, for our listeners to take home with them. So tēnā or o kōrero i tēnei rā, Joel, thank you so
1: much for your kōrero. Oh, tēnā koe, he mihi tēnei ki, ki ngā tangata ko tū ki te pōwhiri anō ki. You know, we mihi to those that uh, stood at the pōwhiri today Absolutely. as well. Kia ora
0: You've been listening to Kōtamutamu Waitangi Takeaways, Stuff's summary of today's kōrero from Waitangi. I'm Taurapa, and I've been talking with Joel Maxwell. Te koe, Joel. He uh, mihi nui rawa ki e Many thanks. We'll be back with another wrap tomorrow. Keep an eye out on the Stuff homepage from about 4pm. In the meantime, thanks to our producer Chris Reed, Potiaki reporter Katie Doyle, and the rest of the Stuff audio production team.
1: Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine
0: Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband.
1: That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In the human race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility.
0: Unless you've been in it, it's it's really tough and really lonely.
1: Yeah, and also this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending.
0: This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news it's just like You'll probably never have a natural
1: period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The Human Race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I
0: nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been
1: incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by
0: Elevit.